Hi there, and welcome to episode 25 of The Green Room. I am today joined by James. Hello, James. Hi, Nick. How are we? You all right? Not too bad. I'm not too bad. Good. Have you had a nice few days? We're here with Harry as well. Hi there. Still off camera. Yes. Um, Eventually. (laughs) We're getting closer. Maybe Christmas. I I like the mystery of it. Maybe at Christmas. The big reveal. (laughs) Um, How are you guys? I'm very well. Had a very good few days um, with some some of our supporters. How do you say green green age? Supporters. Yeah, some right. of our fans. Um, just out in Europe a little bit, you know, talking good. about business. And Presumably you went by boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's uh, so tricky and so much traffic on the roads these days. But uh, <laughs> boat's probably easier. Um, so yeah, I had a very good few days. I was, I was looking forward to this podcast actually. Good. Um, it's your sp- weekly relief. Yes, it is, yeah, and uh, I think it's it will follow on a little bit what we talked about last episode. So last episode was all about tips and tricks of how do you, you know, uh, prepare for winter and stuff. Right. Um, so this, this week we're going to pick out one key aspect of what we talked about and just explore in more detail, and that aspect is... Boilers. I looked around there nervously. <laughs> boilers. Um, so yeah, so we're going to discuss all things heating, boilers, um, so this, hopefully, podcast is going to be useful for people looking at getting a new heating system, someone who has a boiler in the house, and wondering what to do with it all, essentially. Shall we just start? There we go. Go on. And and the reason that I wanted to mention that is because you uh, nailed a few facts for me. So I think with some record uh, listeners on our podcast. We did. We're doing doing all right there. And how are they listening to us? They are listening to us via several mechanisms. No, they are um, listening to us via um, podcasting sort of, uh, what are they called? Streams. Yeah, apps. There we go. <laughs> I'm showing my age. Um, You've had a child for like three weeks. Yeah, no. Was, kind of like boring yeah, old dad, dad brain. Dad brain. Um, so we, uh, you can listen to us. You can subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. And I think a lot of people now are watching us We're on, on YouTube. We're on Radio as well. And on TuneIn Radio, sorry. Uh, and the easiest way is actually go to the Green Age website. The Green Age website, if you go to the top right, there is a button that says Podcasts. Uh, and you can click on that and then subscribe to any of those different apps. Thank you, Harry, for that, that pointer there. Uh, and then you can listen to us on the commute or whatever. Um, and hopefully, therefore, it will be useful for you. Is that okay? Is that covered where you can listen? Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, if they want to watch us, mm. YouTube. That's the place, right? Yeah, and do leave us comments and, and, and uh, questions and feedback. Yeah, we, we do we do seem to be getting a lot lot more of that. And, um, you know, uh, Harry, between Harry and, and, and all of us, you know, we try our best to come back to you. And the feedback tends to be largely positive. Is that fair? Yeah, my mum thinks it's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we're, but we're getting, some, we're getting some questions that we will endeavour to answer in future episodes. But back to heating. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give us a bit of background? Yes, so... Um, Boilers, what would you say, um, probably from 1970s onwards in mm-hmm. terms of mass adoption. Yep. So obviously there's boilers b- before that, um, but in terms of gas boilers, because it coincided uh, with a large discovery of offshore gas in mm-hmm. the North Sea. So um, before that, we all thought it would be nuclear with uh, uh, storage heaters. Yeah. Uh, but then you know we made, made that discovery of gas. Helped the economy somewhat, and um, from a domestic perspective, um, a lot of installations of gas boilers, um, because obviously the fuel is quite cheap, so very easy to run, 
etc uh, etc et and then over the years uh, the efficiency of, of, of that technology has got better and better um, and, and right now they are incredibly efficient incredibly easy to run uh, and pretty much up and down the country so how many boilers are we, uh, gas and well all types gas of boilers, gas yeah. oil the whole lot so we've got tw- the top of your head. 27 million 26 million actually Damn it! <laughs> 26 million boilers but we will be 27 by the end of the year. It might be. It might be because in 2017, which is the last time we have data, there was 1.6 million new boilers installed. So that is a lot of busy gas engineers, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, I think if, if you look at the number of homes and the number of boilers, there's a pretty, it's almost like 100% correlation. I know there are different heating systems in there, but most people have a gas boiler yeah, or an oil boiler, yeah. I should say. And so that is providing hot water and heating for their homes. So this hopefully is relevant, this podcast, for, for mm-hmm. loads of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, so just before we get into the different types, mm-hmm. um, the main distinction historically has been um, the advent of the condensing boiler. So there was a big kind of switch about 10, 15 years ago from non-condensing to condensing. So what would you say the main difference is? Between the two. So, <clears throat> when a boiler burns, it is burning... Sorry, let me clear my throat. <clears> that <throat> no, hasn't cleared it at all. It hasn't <laughs> made it worse. <clears throat> so, when a boiler burns, uh, when they, when the gas burns in the boiler, um, it produces, you know, we produce hot water, basically. Uh, there are there used to be, and there still is, lots of exhaust fumes that come out, exhaust gases that come out. Um, now, what they're doing now in condensing boilers is using the heat from those gases from the exhaust gases and using that to heat the water before it goes back into the boiler so basically previously boiler turns on gas burns heats water and then the exhaust fumes just go out now they take the heat in the exhaust fumes and then mm-hmm. heats the water before it goes back into the boiler so that is a condensing boiler so so okay so you'd say roughly mains water temperature you know may vary say 10 to 20 degrees so i guess if you're going from 10 to 20 degrees to 80 90 degrees that's 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 a big step yeah but say from those ga- recycled gases mm-hmm. if it's even marginally or 50 higher. degrees yeah then to go 40 50 to 80 yeah 90 yeah, yeah. Is, is, I, I mean it's a lot less energy it's more efficient yeah basically that's it and i think i think it's it's very very minor in fact the temperature increase um, however, the the savings and the efficiency, you know, we're well up into the ninety percent now for a boiler. So every unit of gas that is burnt, you are potentially getting ninety three, ninety four percent sort of units of useful heat. Mm-hmm. So that's it's pretty. It's almost one to one. So when people talk about how efficient electricity is, yes, it's true. It's always one to one. I mean, unless doing heat pumps. Unless it's talking heat pumps. Um, so, but I mean, boilers are not too far. Basically. No, they're not. They're not, and that's and, and when you look at the cost of gas compared to the cost of electricity, then it, it sort of further reinforces why people go for gas boilers because a unit of gas is about three and a half p, a unit mm-hmm. of electricity is about twelve p, mm-hmm. twelve to fifteen p, right? So it's about a third quarter of the price gas. So it is a lot cheaper to heat your home in that way. Mm-hmm. It's slightly ironic, <clears throat> however. That in our energy mix, so if you look at, take the UK, for example, the amount of electricity that we get from gas power plants is enormous. Yeah. So we're still using, even if you're using electric in your house, electricity in your house, much of that electricity is from gas anyway. 
So instead of gas coming into your house and heating it, it's just gas, electric, and then into your house. So it's it's a bit weird. And it's it's, it's funny. So if you look at the, the big picture, uh, there seems to be a big um, confusion uh, in terms of the policy mix. So um, while on the one hand, you get certain aspects of government policy going, well, you know, we need to move towards more gas, i.e., you know, the fracking aspect mm-hmm. and the fact that, oh, you know, it's it's a um, lot, lot less polluting hydrocarbon. Yeah. But it is in the same family as oil and, and coal and all Absolutely, that Absolutely, yeah. But then on the other hand, um, there's a movement say, right, you know, we need none at all, you know, no hydrocarbons at all, and we need to move fully to, you know, renewable energy and, and, and that sort of stuff. I th- I know, but I think the, the... And it's always a clash. It's So, so you, you kind of get this du- duplicity in terms of... But there's, but the there's also, comes. because I know the government, and we're going to talk about it shortly, but the government are pushing for, to get rid of boilers, right, to get yes. rid of gas boilers, but... There is an install. But yeah, they're wanting to frack. You know, they're wanting to frack. But there's also we have all the mechanisms to deliver gas to properties already in place. Yeah. So it seems a really weird kind of thing, and it's going to be yeah. hugely expensive. And more and more homes are getting connected to the gas network. Mm-hmm. You know, and that hasn't stopped because no. you know, Harry, you get uh, lots of calls about that. So how do I get a gas connection? And what's the answer? You ring your gas distribution network, and of how which do you find that? You go on the internet. Yes. Yeah, Good old so Google. Basically, uh, there's a in there's four companies um, that each cover different areas of the UK, and depending on what area you're in, one of these companies will be the relevant people to connect you to the gas, and they are the only company that can do it. In each mm-hmm. area, they have a monopoly. Only this company can do it. So if you go online, um, we'll uh, put a link to the map. For, uh, for finding out if you're interested in getting um, connected to the gas distribution network, then we'll uh, pop a, a link to the map where you can find out exactly who you should be speaking to, but it'll be one of these four companies. And it's it's not cheap. No. Right? I think we should prepare people for that. Yeah. If you are looking, if you don't have gas in your house, it is expensive. But it varies a lot. I mean, if, yeah, yeah. if your person, your next door neighbour's got it, then it's, it's going to be a lot expensive. cheaper than if the... <laughs> if they've got to dig but the if road. you're a village that's never had gas and you want gas <clears> into the village, it'll be incredibly expensive. But as a collective, you yeah. might say it depends, you know. Um, right, so that's kind of a bit of background. So there are lots of different types of boilers, mm-hmm. yeah? So why don't we just chat very briefly about the different kinds? Yes, and so I was just going to say, so in terms of condensing one, my dad asked me, well, ha- ha- how do you know this, our boiler that we've got, how do you know our backsea is, is a condensing boiler? And I say, well, look, you know, when you look at the boiler, if you look at the all the pipes coming in and out, there's a white outlet pipe. little plastic pipe. Yeah, so that comes out, and then it's uh, connected to... To a, to a salt stack basically because it obviously you know the, the, the vapor's going to condense somewhere and that's that's, well, that's how we know if we have a condensing boiler um, and, and you know and sometimes you might have troubles with it so if we have a, a particularly cold winter you might have a condensing pipe that freezes mm. and then you know then, then you're in trouble well unless you've, got, unless you've got a hairdryer of course yeah yeah um, don't pour boiling water on it because it can crack it before yeah. we started recording, I asked James how you would uh, how he would uh, tell if someone had a condensing boiler. No, a different combi boiler. Combi boiler. Oh, ah, right, classic oh. mistake. Okay, so <laughs> there, that leads us on nicely, Harry. <laughs> Very good. So, Seems not to be confused with a condensing boiler, our first type of boiler is a combi boiler, combination yeah. boiler. Right. So, bit of background: a combi boiler. Um, they came into fashion sort of early 2000. Mm-hmm. And basically what you're doing is you're doing away with all the tanks. Um, you need relatively good water pressure, but the water comes into the house, comes so cold water comes into the house through the mains, 
goes through the boiler, gets heated up, and it's spat out at any you know, sinks, or taps, or showers, or whatever, hot, straight away. So it's on demand. So you're never storing hot water. So they're a really nice idea. So this office has a combination boiler? Um, and so but things like flats, they're brilliant because you don't mm-hmm. have any tanks. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, obviously, the tech in them is a bit more um, developed. It's a, it's a bit, there's... More things that could potentially go yeah, wrong. Yes, so you've I got guess. Um, you've got two two heat exchangers. You've got one for the hot water, and you've got one for the heating. So, but then, so I think it's worth saying. So, you know, if with a combi boiler, they're very very easy. If I turn on a tap in a bedroom, I don't know, bedroom in a bathroom, and I turn on a tap in the kitchen, it will split that feed, right? So you might suddenly your shower or your tap is dripping out, both of them. Because you've taken the hot water and you split it between the two taps. The combi boiler is the one where if your brother is in the shower, you can turn on the hot taps of it. His shower yeah. suffers. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but but likewise, so if I've got the heating on, if it's really, really cold, I mean, it's unlikely your house is going to get cold back quickly. But if I've got the heating on and I want to go and jump in the shower, my heating will turn off. The shower will get hot. While I'm in the shower, there's no heating. So there's no hot water running through the radiator system because it has to be one or other. Um, and so that's kind of um, a couple of the downsides. But I think in terms of ease, well, they're really I'll, nice. I'll tell you the downside as well. So so, uh, so our house has had, I think, two swaps already um, because basically the old, before the backseat one we had, it just kept on, we just had to keep on replacing the heat exchanger. And what the plumber said to me was, it's, it's a bugger if you've got... Um, filth in your heating system so we had to have it you know pressured out and and you know the whole thing drained and mm-hmm. uh, and, and re-chemicalized to finally have you know th- this one that's that's in situ that's touch wood still, okay. still going on you know after five years so actually if the conditions are right and it's installed correctly there's, there's no reason to you know to suggest that it won't work properly because you know we do get people writing on on uh, on kind of various blogs and stuff saying you know how they've always got had problems with their combination boiler and how it's a kind of bugger because it, you know, can, can go wrong. Um, but so, you know, provided you service it and, and it's, you know, you keep it in good nick and there shouldn't be a reason why it won't come, won't last a test of time. Mm-hmm. And I think if, I think if you've got, you know, if, if storage is limited and you're, if you're in a flat or whatever and you want to save a bit of space, a combi boiler is a really nice idea. Um, I think they can work really, really well. They can you can get different capacity, you can get different size boilers. Mm-hmm. So if your heat demand's a bit high, you can get a, a bigger boiler. You still don't have the tanks, so it's it's a nice idea. If you have one of the other types of boiler, we're going to talk to uh, talk about in a second. It is a bit more expensive because of the pipework changes of suddenly losing the tanks. Um, it's relatively expensive to swap from say a, a sort of regular boiler with a cold water tanks and hot water tanks to a combi mm-hmm. right but if you have an old combi you can swap to a new combi so let's talk about two types of costs then so uh first one so if you're going from the first example that you just said so you want to get rid of the hot, hot tank um all of your tanks basically and re- reroute the piping system to to a combination reroute Are you in america reroute um or reroute reroute uh, so <laughs> uh, so a combination swap will roughly set you back, and this is just an average, of course. So this is going from an existing combi to a new combi? Or no, going no, from, from a, a gravity-fed system. Fine. So you're getting rid of the cold Get tank. Get rid of your tanks. Yeah. Um, and you're rerouting the, the pipework to, to the new boiler. Uh, so it's going to roughly cost you about £3,500. Yeah. So about £2,000 for the boiler unit and about £1,500 for, um, uh, for the changeover. 
Yeah, I think the yes, I think two thousand pounds is relatively high in terms of materials and stuff. But it's so because the boilers are coming in about a thousand pounds now. Mm. But all the additional pipe work, etc. Copper pipe is seriously expensive for now. Um, so yeah, exactly. Whereas if you're going from a combi to a combi, what kind of cost? I I've got a combi boiler at the moment. I want to just get a new one because it's old. So I'd say about fifteen hundred is about two thousand pounds, depending upon the model type. We're going to get loads of comments here yeah, from oh, people saying, yeah. oh my God, I've just got the biggest quote ever. Um, guys, this is a guide, right? So if yeah. you've got bigger quotes, get more quotes. Um, if you've gone to British Gas, get other quotes. <laughs> I don't want to be rude about British Gas, I just have been, but you know they, they charge a premium yeah, for the services. Because they buy your electricity and gas. <laughs> They're true. They might cut you off. They might be true. listening to this. And, yeah, you know. don't cut me off. Um, so anyway, that's Combi Boiler in a nutshell. Yeah. Happy? Um, and so they, but they're running efficiency wise now. So a condensing combi boiler, Harry, um, is running over 90% efficient. You noticed that I've been quite quiet on this one. Yes, I'm just yeah. letting you do yeah. your thing. Um, so basically, one unit of gas is turning into kind of 0.9 plus units of useful heat. Uh, so they're a really, really good way to heat your home and produce the hot water. So then we go to the more traditional system, mm-hmm. right? And that is a heat only or regular boiler. Now, these have been about forever, and I can say that because we've gone and done these energy surveys, mm-hmm. and we have seen... We've seen some kestrels, so and that's, really not, and that's not the bird boilers. of prey, it's just a, an old school boiler They, they are, we've seen, <laughs> we've, seen, <laughs> we've seen some very old boilers. Um, and it's like a guy lighting a fire under a bowl. <laughs> pretty much, but the thing is, the really old ones, they keep running. The, the issue is, number one, they're not condensing. Uh, and it's very, very difficult, number two, to get spare you know parts. The ones that, you know the servers always used to worry when, when I had the, the homeowner they said, oh, I've had this boiler for 30 years, yeah. you know, and I've never had to service it. No, exactly. And it's been in great nick. I, was yeah. like, oh. I mean, there's a certain argument that they build in, uh, you know, they build boilers to break. 100%. Um, I, I think that's absolutely what they do because it's a bit stupid and it's sad. There's actually a word for this, and I can never remember what it is, and there's a term for it. Uh, but you, but of course, you, you want it to break in 10, 15 years because otherwise you're not going to have a business. The 1.6 yeah. million boilers that got replaced in 2017, you'd be replacing 15 boilers, boilers yeah. in 2018. So it's not, they have to have that. Um, but uh, so these heat only boilers, the regular boilers, the heat only mm-hmm. boilers, they basically, so you have your boiler unit, uh, which tends to be in a cupboard somewhere, um, and that is heating the water. Right? And then you have a tank. You normally have a hot water tank, or you do have a hot water tank, somewhere in the house. Now, that hot water tank, the pressure that forces the hot water out around the house into your heating systems is normally caused by the difference in height between your hot water tank and cold water tanks in the roof. I.e. gravity, right? Gravity. So, so, you want to, so that's why traditionally the, the cold tank is up in the loft, because, because Lots of gravity, of gravity. the water is going to drop, drop um, down to your... Yeah, we, so we installed, this is not quite related, but we installed uh, a toilet with a slightly higher cistern, like an old-fashioned toilet, and you put it. The water pressure, even from kind of the extra half metre drop mm-hmm. on that, is enormous. So if you're going up another storey, yeah. you know, in your property, the water pressure is really big. Typically... On, Differential, will, yeah, from top to... Yeah, exactly. But, but typically they will, even though the pressure can be you know, really good in terms of getting the cold water tank a long way height-wise mm-hmm. away from your hot water tank, 
They can put pumps on as well to drive the hot water to yes. showers, etc., etc. So if you've got one of these systems at your home uh, and you're worried that the pressure is really bad, you can install a shower pump and that will pump hot water from hot water tank to your shower and massively increase the flow rate mm-hmm. um, if you're looking for a stronger shower. Now these, as you said, I mean, we've seen these forever and a day since we've been doing our energy service. Yeah, and... Um, uh, so the traditional, uh, so traditional boilers with a gravity-fed system, uh, they'd have a. I mean, you could you could tell pretty much straight away because you, you can see that the flue type. So normally the the old school ones they've got this big open squared flue somewhere you know coming but also out the, the number side of the tanks, house. right? The number of tanks as well. Um. um so yeah, and uh, you know I've. I've of the surveys I've done in the past, that I've, I've found some of them in some really obscure places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I do, but the so if you've got one of these, um, they're they're relatively simple, so they tend to break less than a combi boiler. Um, they are they still make them obviously, so that's very easy to get a old regular boiler replaced with a new one. You can get condensing versions of these boilers. Every boiler now that is made is a condensing boiler. I think there are since 2007, all boilers are, including oil. But it was 2005 where you couldn't install a boiler that wasn't condensing. So don't worry about that. So the efficiency is still incredibly high. The the one, well, two downsides to this type of boiler. Number one, space. So I've suddenly got to have, unlike a combi boiler, no tanks. I've got my heat only or regular boiler, sometimes referred to both names. They, I've got a hot water tank and mm-hmm. I've got cold water tanks, right? And so there's space. Mm-hmm. Um, now, often people don't store anything in the loft, so you've got no issues yes. with cold water tanks. Yes. But you still normally, you know, if you need an airing cupboard, you have to have that. That has to be available. So that's a bit of a pain. Um, the other one, the other big issue with these ones is I've, I'm storing hot water. Yes. And that's the fundamental. So typically... You heat your hot water in the morning for an hour and the evening for an hour. Mm-hmm. That hot water, if it's not used, will eventually go cold. Whereas right. a combi boiler is producing it on demand. So I only produce the hot water I use, whereas this one I'm storing the hot water. And, and normally, yeah, so, so I'd say the feature of these airing cupboards is while they're fantastic <coughs> for drying clothes, yeah. you know, in the winter and stuff, um, they're terrible at um, heating losses. So, so if you've got a copper tank or just one of the more traditional tanks, um, and you know, don't have a hot water, water jacket, or um, you know, or you do have a hot water jacket, but it's still you know releasing heat out. Then you know that's that's heating losses basically. And the second one, another consideration, not just space, is so imagine you've got this. I don't know what two hundred liter tank or three hundred liter mm-hmm. tank above your bedrooms upstairs. I forgot to turn it off. Um, yeah, it can be. You know, uh, they, they've known to the pipes have known to burst. Yeah, and, and all that water, you know, coming yeah, down the ceiling. No, so, I mean, there's always that risk. So you might not want to have that risk. <clears throat> yeah. Above you. Yeah. No, I agree. In a literal sense. The so, um, the good the, there's a benefit of them that people don't really think about, and it's that some people have really bad water pressure. All right. So if you go into your kitchen and you turn the cold water tap on, the water pressure that is how you basically judge your water pressure. And if it flies out the tap, you got no issues. Right, so a combi boiler would potentially, well, they need to test it, but a combi boiler sounds like it would work. And a system boiler, which we'll go on to in a minute. Um, if the water trickles out, then one of these systems might be the answer. Because mm-hmm. you don't need the water pressure, because mm-hmm. the pressure is made by your cold water tanks, you know, being in the position they are, and that is driving 
making sort of the pressure for you. So that is something that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, real benefit of them. One of the one of the problems of um, hot water tanks uh, <clears throat> in general, I have a lot of siblings, and let me tell you, when everybody has taken their showers all in a row, then little old youngest, Muggins over here, Cold as shower. <laughs> yeah, no, that's an idea. Yeah, hadn't even crossed my mind. But yes, absolutely. You're you're limited by the size of your hot water tank. So then that's you have to sit and water. wait for the water to yeah. warm up again, which can that's take good time. Point, yeah, that's good very good point. point. Very good point. There we go. Real life example. <laughs> Sorry, that's very, very good point. <laughs> um, so, uh, but they, you know, they're they're popular. It's it's pretty cheap. Again, you're looking about two grand to go from a old, you know, your old boiler to replace it with a new type, new one of the same version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this heat only or regular boiler, it's about two thousand pounds to replace it. Because yeah, there, there's there's definitely going to be work on the flue there, and and, and yeah. also if you're too close to your neighbor, you know, we get lots of this. You might need a plume diversion kit. But or... also boilers. You know, they, as you're saying there, if the flues need to be away for a certain distance. So building regs now dictate that boiler flues have to be a certain distance from neighbours' openings and all sorts of things, and your openings, to be honest, um, your sort of windows and doors. And so, <clears throat> as you say, that can add to the expense of doing this. Um, but they, you know, it is a relatively cheap thing. They don't tend to go wrong as much as combi boilers because there's less going on inside the boiler itself. It's literally there's a mini furnace inside there, you know. Yes, yeah, no, agree. It's just um, using gas, and it's absolutely it's heating the water coming and, coming through. That's but the uh, but they you know, and all the companies, all the major boiler manufacturers, which we'll cover in a minute, create these things, right? So they work really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, unfortunately, I don't have the split here of uh, numbers in the UK. Maybe Harry can dig something out in terms of who've got combis, regular system. But then, have we got anything else on these ones? Uh, no, that's it. So um, we're going to move on to system unvented boilers. Okay. So this is like um, basically it's it's a fully sealed system where, where, as you said before, the water pressure is is not well. We'll come come to the water pressure bit, but the water pressure is decent. So water pressure has to be really good. But can you also get a a, a pump? You <laughs> not a pump. Sorry, a you, a device you you can it's quite rare to get them mm. you can get a device to basically if the water pressure coming into your house is under one and a half bar something like that it will store that water and fire it from this other storage device to your system boiler yes and kind of pretending that it's increasing the pressure it's stepping up the pressure yes if you haven't got the required pressure in your house just don't get a system boiler okay I'd say. Because mm-hmm. basically what a system boiler is doing, so you've got, again, we've got the boiler unit, so that's creating the hot water. It then gets stored in the tank. And your cold water, mains pressure, comes into the bottom of the tank and it squirts hot water out the top. Mm-hmm. Right, So that's how your system boiler is working. So it's not gravity-fed, it's literally water pressure coming into the bottom of the tank, firing the hot water out the top. So basically what you're saying then, James, is um, if the water pressure is not great, you need to uh, write letters to your water company. You can, yeah, it is. So if you, you can definitely, because I have done it in my property, increase the water pressure from the mains. Mm-hmm. It's You have to spend a bit of money, that's the pain. But speak to your company, Thames Water, etc. They can increase water pressure. I've done it on my new property, but did the last one. They, they can increase it for you, right? And so it therefore gives you that higher pressure coming into your house, which allows you to get both combis or system boilers. Okay. Now, the boiler itself, 
is is very similar to your heat on your regular boiler. Um, but the difference here is that we have this big pressurized hot water tank. Yeah, so mm-hmm. unlike your, your kind of old copper tanks that you're talking about, you may be familiar with with your hot water jackets. These things um, look, they look much more solid. Is mm-hmm. that fair? I mean, I don't know how to describe how they And, look, and I suppose, and the limiting factor is on, on the size, what you were talking about, because you can get, actually, you can get like a 250, 300 litre tanks even, maybe even bigger than that. So then, yeah. even if you've got multiple siblings, <laughs> you shouldn't in reality run out of hot water unless, you know, you've got someone in the family who... You know, spends about thirty minutes in the shower. But the but the um these tanks are already insulated, so you don't really have to worry about heat loss. So you don't have the airing cupboard effect. You know, you don't have that warm room where you can dry. Yeah, because you, you come up to the uh, tank itself, you touch the plastic casing, and it tends to be room temperature. Yeah, which which tells you actually it's. It's, it's funny what you said about them looking more robust because I know that my grandma, when we moved her into a little cottage, she was not happy with the combo boiler because she was like, well, where's the, where's the water? I don't understand. She really wanted, like, a proper big tank she could yeah. see. No, I, I kind of I get that. That's fair enough. Um, they're, they're, they're brilliant. They need to be installed by... It's not just gas safe. You have, a, have to have an extra qualification to, be able to install a pressurised system um, is one thing worth mentioning. The benefits are the hot water pressure around the house, provided your pressure coming into the your water pressure coming into the house is half decent. You can have multiple showers at the same time, etc., etc. You know, multiple uh, water being delivered. You know, to mm-hmm. taps, to showers, to baths at the same time, and there's no loss of pressure. Uh, and the the other reason it's it's a feature of the of the hot tank that you get um, and. So, so basically, you can have a, a, a dual dual feed tank, so um, which then allows you to get solar thermal. Yeah. So um, that's that's the neat stuff about it. So actually, if you've got solar thermal panels, um, you just get these types of tanks, but actually, will have a dual feed. So one one feed will take the hot water that's heated from your solar thermal panels, and the other one will be where it's topped up by the, from the boiler itself. Mm-hmm. So actually, um, that's quite neat, but obviously. You know the cost there will be a lot greater because they'll have to run pipes up to the solar thermal feed to your roof, etc., yeah. etc. Et but the but the system boilers tend to be found in bigger properties where there are more bathrooms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, where a combi boiler just wouldn't really be appropriate. You know, if you've got multiple bathrooms, a combi boiler doesn't quite no. cut the mustard. Um, so it's uh, yeah, I mean they're they're very very popular. Uh, and you may have heard of the, the hot water tanks themselves, Megaflows, Jewel. We've mm-hmm. mentioned them a few times, right? Mm-hmm. Valent do one, you mm-hmm. said. Uh, and so it's they're just they're the three main systems. So you've got your combi, no tanks at all. You've got a regular heat-only boiler, which has the cold water tanks up in the loft, uh, and that is producing the pressure, which is driving the system. And then you have a system boiler, which is completely sealed, and it's all based on the water pressure coming into the tank. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's, there's one thing I'm not quite sure about. So when it comes to the f- fuel type, so you can have uh, condensing boilers are oil-powered, LPG, which is it's gas, but it's instead of actually getting it from the mains, it's, mm-hmm. it's stored somewhere in your property. Um, uh, and then you can have... Um, uh, gas? No, the the wood pellets, the wood pellets, uh, biomass, biomass boiler. Sorry, mm-hmm. okay. I thinking about that. But, uh, You've had a good week away. Yeah, I've had. I've had. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm not sure. One one fact I'm not sure, and Harry maybe could check is: can you get a combination 
oil fired boiler? Mm. I'm going to say think? no. If it, I, I bet you can. No, I th- because I think so. Gas, obviously, you can burn it light straight away. Yeah. Whereas oil, I think they need to warm it first to thin it. Right. To then burn it. That's I'm making that up. That's probably not true. Yeah. Uh, but it but it would make sense. Um, no, I think you can. Okay, so so, 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 so then <laughs> so then you know you, so all these three types that we talked about um, is not necessarily determined by the fuel type. So you can have a gas, you can have an LPG. And you can have biomass and and oil. The um, the the other thing that I think we need to make clear is these all three types of boiler, regardless of what you have, is capable of producing your hot water and does your heating as well, right? So it's not just one or other. Now, mainly they are they the hot water is produced by as Nick is saying the pellets, the gas, you know the LPG, etc., etc. Lots of the tanks, if you go with a tank system, and this is a co- an issue with combi boilers, and we need to do costs of system boilers, but mm-hmm. going back to combi boilers, um, one of the issues there is that if your combi boiler is on the blink, you have no hot water, right? As soon as you have a hot water tank in your house, there tends to be an immersion switch, which is basically, it's, a, it's like a kettle element going into the middle of the hot water tank and producing hot water. So if I'm ever got an emergency or, you know, as you were saying, you're in the shower and there's no hot water and I want to top it up really quickly, I can either run the boiler again or I can press this immersion element and it will heat it like a kettle is heating hot water. They are incredibly expensive to run. The number of properties we have been in and the immersion switches on all the time is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Now, hot water tanks have a thermostat. So when once they reach a temperature that should turn off the immersion unit. But in some cases, they're not there, right? So these things are running all the time, essentially, your immersion units. And that's, yeah, that's why we, the people that complain is, oh, you know, my, you know, I've got a gas boiler, but my, you know... Electricity bills are so high. La, la, la. So turn off the immersion. Immersions yeah. are there to use when you're, basically your boiler's broken or you need a little quick top-up of hot water. A lot of people though use uh, uh, do their immersion heaters with solar panels. Yes, using things like optimersion, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, which is really clever. It's taking the excess electricity and pinging it to your to your um, immersion unit. The other thing is if you if you're on economy seven, so if you're on a dual tariff, typically in your where your hot water is located. So if I have like electric storage heaters, but I still want hot water in my house, I can have a hot water tank that isn't producing. Um, heating because I've got the storage heaters that are producing the heating but at night when electricity is cheaper it's going into the immersion and heating my hot water and then that's for use during the day so you you get different kind of um, different setups and different properties but the immersions are used but if you've got a gas boiler and it's working don't use the immersion it's a very expensive way to heat water mm-hmm. is that takes that one system boilers so I mentioned it there yeah a system boiler is expensive to install, right? Because you've got your boiler, which is, as you know, £1,000 plus. You've then got the tank, which is almost £1,000. But then if, if you're getting solar thermal as well, that could be two two and a half thousand. And then, But then you've got all the different pipe work. It's pressurised. The installer needs a special qualification. Have we found out what that qualification is? I want to, um, to install it. So the whole cost of installing these... But also, haven't they... You spend five grand. And they also got to... Um, be tagged onto a certain manufacturer as well. So, so someone like uh, Ariston or what's the, what's the sorry, what's the one we always talk about? 
Which one? The hot water tank. Megaflow? Megaflow, sorry, yeah. And you've also got to sit in their training course as well and be... Well, you have to be qualified to install because it's a pressurised system. Yeah. You've got really, really hot water and it's pressurised. So if it goes wrong, it's going to spray hot water everywhere. You need to know exactly what you're doing. And that's not good, yeah. And you need to check, therefore, that your boiler engineer is qualified to install them. Um, so that's for, for any boiler um, you're getting installed you want to make sure that they're on the gas gas safe, safe register gas safe register yeah. yeah which you can check online is it and what's the pressurised system qualification I can't find it okay fine <laughs> we can put it in the we'll comments we'll put it in the comments yes. we'll put it in the comments um, so they're, they're the main types of boilers that you're going to find in properties do you want to fire let's, through let's the fire other from, ones yeah so so, uh, so bi- biomass uh, which we talked about I think we talked about in the podcast before but essentially, unlike using gas mains or, or just gas uh, or oil, uh, it's using pellets. Yep. So, um, and the I suppose the drawback of that is you've got to have a certain type of property um, type. So you've got to have the space. Um, it's got to be out somewhere in the countryside because of all of the uh, combustion. You've got um, to clear the pellets because the ash. Clear the pellets and ash. Yeah, so it's basically you need a lot of space to store the pellets and then you need to kind of be constantly feeding it. Um, so it tends to be pop- popular on on sort of rural properties, farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, Can't have one in like London, that. can you? Because of the um, uh, clean air. Yeah, clean air stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that's that's one feature of that, and and obviously yeah. So then if if you're going for one of those systems, um, again, you know they are incredibly expensive. They're expensive. They can, they they're expensive, and they were really really popular because the renewable heat incentive, which was a, pay, a government subsidy essentially or a government payment for people that installed them for every unit of hot water they were producing, they were getting paid by the government. And those um, payments have stopped. Nope. You're thinking of feed and tariff. But they've gone right, right down. They're, they're much lower than they used to be, for sure. Um, and so you just just be careful on it and you've just got to run the numbers because they're expensive to install. You know, we, we were seeing people pay 12, 13 grand to get one of these things in. They work well in agricultural settings where you're, where you can use byproducts and, and whatnot yeah. Um, uh, for, to, yeah. Uh, to burn. If you have lots of logs. On yeah, the yeah. yeah. Um, but most of the, the smaller domestic ones tend to only use the chips the little wood pellets and yeah. so therefore you're a bit stuck there even if you have lots of logs in your house you can't do anything with them so the the, the other type which is um, quite rare and people thought it would really take off is the uh, combined heat and power or the CHP I think it will really take off I just don't think it's we haven't got the technology, technology yet. yeah so it's essentially um, you've got the combustion process as you talked about in the boiler process and, and as a result of that combustion process produces steam and from that steam that drives a secondary unit, which then drives a generator, and that generator then uh, produces electricity. Mm-hmm. And that electricity, as a byproduct, goes back into your consumer unit, and then obviously, you know, can power things like lights and mm-hmm. uh, electronic units, etc. It works. The principle works very, very well. But if you think about how you use the boilers domestically, um, you'd have to be basically combusting the well the boiler would have to be working all the time to generate the electricity i.e you have to run the hot water stands all the time so where it actually is very very good is in a in a commercial setting so things like swimming pools mm-hmm. um places where they um use the manufacturing process so so they need to generate heat pretty much all, all the time. time yeah um so 
commercially very very good and 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 it, and it is is used you know extensively uh, when people are building kind of new factories and and, and things like that um the other one is is electric so i saw quite a few of those in in um over in east london i was doing um uh, an epc project recently and uh yeah the, the amount of electric boilers. did you know that fisher make an electric boiler fisher, fisher. oh yes yes mm-hmm. wouldn't buy it <laughs> um but uh yeah so um yeah basically electric boilers um they take electricity which is more expensive than gas and that that uses to then you know uh, heat your hot water tank if you have it um or you know it can it can be you know it can heat the the, the hot water you know instantaneously as well um but not that that popular just because of the price of the electricity more likely to have a storage heater as you said because then you can storage heater and hot seven. water tank powered by the immersion um we get a lot of people, well, I get a lot of people asking me um, if, if they have an oil boiler and they ask if it's worth swapping over to electric. What would you say? Depends. <laughs> no, a good oil at the moment, cheap. So I would say keep it. Dirty, though. Dirty. So if it's for environmental reasons, if that's the way you're positioned, then why not? But I'll go heat pump. Um, that's, so my sister had an oil boiler and went to a ground source heat pump when the renewable heat incentive was right up there and it paid for the cost of the heat pump comfortably and including the £11,000 holes they had to drill. Uh, and, you know, and suddenly for every unit of electricity, you're getting kind of four and a half units of useful heat. So it's a really clever technology. We need to, so, do, a, we need to do a full podcast on heat pumps. Yeah, I think that's... James, what's a back boiler? A back boiler. Sorry, right. I'm being facetious. I know what it is, but so these, so these are the really, so these are old. Back to the old school, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're very old, and when you walk into a property and you see the kind of gas fireplace, mm-hmm. you know the really, they look, yeah. I imagine they're on Coronation Street. Yeah, right? so if is that fair? They're they're kind of those really old boilers that old people really like and tend to have. Um, they, while they're producing, you know, they kick out heat, they also produce, they have a big tank behind them and they're producing hot water. You cannot get spares for these things anymore. So people that have back boilers get in touch with us all the time and want to know where you can buy spares. You can't. You can buy spare parts for them. On eBay. No, don't buy the ones on eBay. No, I agree. They make fake fake parts. So if you are going to try and... Keep your, back your dying running. back boiler alive by swapping out parts. Make sure you go to the actual manufacturer. But but the other thing is, they are not condensing. Then they're just right. So they are old old boiler types, and your efficiency is going to be sort of sixty percent. A new boiler ninety percent, right? So you're getting essentially a third more bang for your buck mm-hmm. on each unit of gas. So please. Get rid of your back boiler. There are put there a new are, boiler in. <laughs> places like uh, Baxi, they do kind of uh, kind of a hybridy type thing, and they they talk about it like it's kind of a new back boiler. To it's, not. It, it's not. It's not. It's really not. They're, they're just trying to make people feel comfortable because people like back boilers. Yeah, but mm. don't like back boilers. It, don't don't be that feel guy. comfortable because they can't see it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so one other one, well, you know, you've probably seen. Well, not seen, but uh, it's always kind of in this outhouse. But it tends to be a feature in in high rises. Uh, is community boilers? Yeah. 
So you can have a community gas gas fed boiler, uh, which is basically just great big. It's just a massive boiler. Yeah, that sits out of the way from from these flats, and then it just powers the hot water and the. And, and there the were water. lots of government schemes to replace them and put new, more efficient ones in. But what what surprises and, and biomass as well. Yeah, but you but basically you walk into the properties and there's no boiler. You can see a tank, or you can see no tank. Occasionally, you just you know that you have hot water on demand. They are supplied, as you say, by these community boilers, which are basically take your gas boiler, times it by 50, and then that is it. And it tends to be sat in a plant room somewhere on site, somewhere near the flats, etc., etc. You get a lot of complaints from uh, uh, residents there because they always go, oh, you know, it's, it's not working stuff. And, or it's too hot. Or it's too hot, yeah, or it's too expensive. That's the other. That's the other thing. We so there's quite a lot to speak about this. I think we need to do heating controls, all sorts of stuff, especially before the cooler weather sets in. We're currently running out of time rapidly. I was um, thinking, what other boiler have we missed out? Well, we can. Talk. Someone, someone's someone's going to have a comment. Right. Okay. Someone's give me give your cool. three favourite boiler manufacturers. Uh, I know one a boiler that we haven't. Well, not exactly a boiler, but a hot water system that we haven't mentioned. And that's um, instant hot water points. I mean, you don't see them much in domestic properties, no. but they exist. Yeah, they do. Um, well, the electric ones on the seats. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, we sell a couple of like basically a kettle attached to the wall. Yeah. And you click it on and it boils it, and then you've got a tiny bit of hot water. They're not great. You yeah. sometimes see them in sort of granny flats, in the annex flats. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, not not great. You wouldn't, you wouldn't ever think of a situation where you would put one in? Not really. If I had an outhouse, I'd want to have hot water there once a month I need to make a cup of tea because I've been sent there or you know what I mean I, yeah, I can't really yeah, think of an obvious can't think of an obvious situation um, three favourite boiler manufacturers go Viesman Valiant and Worcesterbosch what about Baxi you've got Baxi, Baxi in your house <laughs> close fourth um, basically if you're going to go just loads of websites do um, do they talk about all the, the best boilers etc etc look something for High efficiency, which most condensed boilers they're all, are. They're all really they're decent. They're all pretty good. Yeah. But the best thing to do is look for the warranties and the you know the guarantees on these boilers. So I had a Valent boiler installed, and mine came with a ten year warranty. And if it for breaks labor for labour and parts, if it breaks, they come and fix it. But you, you have to service it every to, year. Yeah, yeah. But that's not a bad thing anyway. Keep it running nicely, etc., etc. That is what you need to look for. Just get something with a decent warranty or guarantee. So if it goes wrong, you can get someone out. It is worth checking kind of the, the small print. Unfortunately, it is very boring, but a boiler is an expensive investment. It is worth, you know, knowing what you're getting 100%. into. 100%. Yeah. Um, and if you're a landlord, you every year you've got to, to have a gas safety certificate as well, yeah. which is worth mentioning that. But very good. Um, have we run out of time now? I've got We've run out of time. Else? I'd love to talk about the uh, the so, so, gas um, boilers and new builds. So, one yeah, as you said, one quick thing. Twenty twenty five, Harry. Yeah, twenty twenty five. Um, all new builds will have to have electric boilers. What do we think? Briefly, that's not going to happen. No. Well, no new builds in May. I think it will. New builds. A new builds, it will because they they'll just change they the rules and they'll just thought cut about it. what they're going to have instead. What they're going to have a really expensive heat pumps or community. It depends if it's multi dwelling. The, but the government doesn't think because it just says stuff. Bit bit mean there. I'm, I'm all for you know switching to a more renewable system. I absolutely think so. But also, but not if they're powered by electricity that comes from gas burning anyway. Exactly. And giant power have plants. <laughs> plants. That's not right. That's not right. <laughs> the other thing, EPCs. So. Um, 
so since the um, minimum energy efficiency standards had a lot of concerned landlords, you know, asking um, Alan basically, it's like, what can they do uh, to their property to bring it up to an E at least? Yeah. So a boiler replacement or going from a um, a direct electric um, heaters to 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 a gas boiler would massively increase the EPC. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so that's a that's a very good investment. And um, and Harry, given that the minimum energy efficiency standards now stipulate that. When you don't meet the regulations, you have to spend up to. I mean that, you know, on a flat will go a long way to to, to put central heating in and uh, and, Great. and a gas boiler. So it's a worthwhile investment, particularly as the energy efficiency standards are just going to creep up. Right, guys, that's it. That was more than I thought we were going to speak about boilers. I'm not going to lie. Be a quick um, that's it. Anything else to say? Um, we can speak about anything else next week. I've said yes. that, but we haven't got any uh, Happy news for next week. Happy news for next week. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.